Christmas Let your heart be Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay Next year Well, how many of you, how many of you love Christmas movies, right? As we get ready for this season, yeah, I mean, we need to do a little audience poll, right? So we need to see which ones you like best, Home Alone or Christmas Story? How many of you are Home Alone fans? Okay, Christmas Story fans? All right, not bad. Well, let's do another one here. Let's do a Christmas Vacation or Elf. How many of you are Christmas Vacation fans? Bunch of degenerates, look at you guys. How many of you are Elf? How many of you are Elf fans? Yeah, that's a tough one to choose between, isn't it? They're both, they're both so great. Uh, a wonder, it's a Wonderful Life or Miracle on 34th Street? It's a Wonderful Life? Miracle on 34th Street? How many of you have never seen either of them? You don't get to celebrate Christmas this year, I don't think, until you watch. That's just wrong. I don't even understand. Okay, one more. We're going to change it up a little bit. A uh, real tree or fake tree? How many of you are real tree people? Yeah, you're like, I gotta cut it down myself with my bare hands. Yeah, yeah. All right, fake tree people. You're like, hey, I gotta go up in the attic and try not to do a Griswold through the, the I get it, I get it, they're both. Uh, Laura, my wife Laura, she, uh, her family grew up, they were real tree people, and so they would literally go out and, and they would cut down a Christmas tree somewhere in, in the forests of, of Canada. I think it was their neighbor's yard, but uh, they, would, they would do that, bring it home. We, my family growing up, we were fake tree people, and so that's kind of what, what we did. And so when we got married, uh, we got to celebrate our very very first Christmas fight uh, by trying to decide which way we were going to go. And, and I actually won. We became fake Christmas tree people only because the apartment that we lived in wouldn't allow real Christmas trees in it. Otherwise, Laura totally would have won. But, but that's where it landed. And so for 20 years, we were, we were fake Christmas people. Or fake tree Christmas people. Anyways, until... <laughs> I hope we were real Christmas. I don't know. At least I've seen the movies. I don't even forget. And so, yeah, fake tree Christmas. And so two years ago, though, we got the Christmas tree out, right? And we, and we kind of lined it up and we plugged it in and, and half of our pre-lit tree was lit and, and not in like the cool way of being lit, right? Which you, you only understand if you're like under 23 years old. And if you're like, can I use that word? No, you don't. And if you're older than that, don't, don't use it, right? And so we became real Christmas tree people two years ago. Now, last year we went out and we bought a Christmas tree. We went and we chose it, right? We brought it home. We set it up. We decorated it. It was gorgeous. It, it was sitting there right next to the fireplace. I mean, it smelled really good. I mean, it, it was just perfect. Well, three days later, we were standing in the kitchen and talking when uh, I saw something run across the floor of our kitchen. Scurry might be a, a better word, right, as I, as I watched it. And I just tried to, to calmly look at Laura and said, did, did you see that by any chance, right? And she's like, was it small, brown, and fast? <laughs> I was like, maybe. <laughs> and she was like, I thought I saw that yesterday. 
And so our tree had a plus one with it, right? That it brought home. And it was kind of like that squirrel scene in Christmas Vacation where we started just running around and it was like on our backs and, and all the freaking out, right? And it was crazy. So we are now officially back to fake Christmas tree people. Um, and we, uh, we set our, our tree back up again this year and, uh, and it looks great. I told Laura, I don't even think it's noticeable. Yeah, looks good to me. Oh. <laughs> Well, anyways, we're going to take a, we're going to take a break, a one week break in our Psalm 23 series. Pastor Mike's been doing an amazing, uh, amazing job in this series. He's going to be back next week for the next couple of weeks to finish that off. Uh, but it's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And we thought we need to take a week and, and really celebrate that. Our auditoriums and, and, and stuff are all, are all decorated. The atriums are all decorated where there's Christmas music playing everywhere. And so we thought we need to take a minute and we need to get ourselves focused and get ready for this, uh, this incredible holiday season. Now, let me give you a simple way that you can do it. Pastor Mike actually uh, let us know about this last week. Uh, tomorrow night, we have a chance for you to come to Mike and Laura's Christmas party, and you're all invited to it. It's just up the road at Ray's from 6 to 9 p.m., and this is something they do every year. The tickets are available. They're $100, but this is really cool. Uh, Ray has been so generous in this that most of that money actually is going to be used to sponsor a child in Columbia for three months through Prison Fellowship International. And so not only can you go and hang out with Mike and Laura and, and go get into that Christmas spirit, but you also have a chance uh, tomorrow night to make a difference in the life of a child this Christmas. And so we'd love to invite you uh, to be a part of that with us. Now, Christmas, I think it's one of those things, right? It can be one of the most polarizing holidays, one of the most polarizing uh, seasons that we have in, in the entire calendar. Stuff has been in stores since August. Pastor Mike has had deer on his front lawn since May, right? Like it's just one of those things where for many of us, it is the most wonderful time of the year. But for a lot of us, man, we just can't get through the holidays fast enough. Right? And, and it's not because of the, the Jesus part of it, right? Like if we're honest, it's not that. It's just the, it's the million other things, the million other stresses, the million other uh, reminders, the, the hurts, the brokenness, the stuff that gets just stirred up during this season. In fact, that's what this container represents, right? This container represents our lives, but, but in it are things that, that are just stresses in our lives. They're hurts, they're issues, they're struggles, and the reality is, is that all throughout the year, we already have all kinds of stuff, right? We've got struggles in our marriages and maybe struggles with our kids. Maybe it's issues with our finances, stuff that's going on at work or at school with neighbors, friends, whatever that might be. But there's just something about this time of year where all of those things just get, get multiplied and they get magnified. And I think it starts with things like, like decorating. When do we start decorating, right? Like, is there a time? Is it, can you be too soon in your decorating or, or can you be too late? Because you can. You're going to be judged on either side of that. And so, so there's, a, there's decorating stress that comes with it. How much is, is too much? And when it comes to lights, right, does it have to be white lights or can it be colored lights? Or what about the blue lights? Are they like off limit to us or are we allowed to use those? And, and is it icicles or does it have to be LEDs, right? And all of these things kind of add to the stress. And then it becomes the gifts, Choosing the right gift, right? That, that's a stress. Who do, I, who do I give a gift to? And as you begin to make that list, right, and you begin to think of the, the people kind of on the fringe of that list, well, if I, if I give to them, then I'm also gonna have to give to, to this person. And if I give to them, then I'm gonna have to get that whole department at work, right, a, a gift. And, and, and it begins to blow up a little bit. Or, or maybe it's what do I give them? 
Right? What do I give to the person that seems to already have everything? Or what do I give to the person that has nicer stuff than I can afford to give them, right? Like, and so my stuff's going to be obvious and it kind of stand out. And so, so that creates stress in our lives, which leads to just the whole stress of gift shopping. I haven't been to a mall since, uh, since Crabtree Christmas of 2015, right? Like if you've ever been to Crabtree Mall at Christmas, you're like, I- I'm just not going back. It's, it took me three hours to get out of a parking spot, right? It's just, it's not worth it. So now I've changed it to gift shipping, which means that I'm playing Amazon roulette every single Christmas. And I put like stock market stuff and sports scores aside. I'm literally just watching my delivery schedules to try and figure out, are my gifts going to make it on time for Christmas? Am I going to be on the truck wrapping it and literally just handing it to somebody? For a lot of us, it's, it's all kinds of things like wrapping. I rap like a, a three-year-old and then that just adds all kinds of, of stress to, to my life. How much do I spend? Right, because you get that budget and you set it and, and sometimes we're, we're real good and we can stick to that budget, but then there's always that person that comes and brings you a gift, right? And they're like, I just wanted you to have this at Christmas and you didn't buy them a gift. And now you feel like you gotta go buy them a gift and all of a sudden the budget gets blown out of, out of control. Maybe it's just the crowds. Can I get a ho-ho from all the introverts in the room, right? That are just like, there's too many people everywhere. I just wanna go and I just wanna close the door and, and just kind of hide myself. Where do I spend Christmas? I think you have to be a theoretical physicist to try and figure out the whole, the whole scheduling of where do I go and how do we go and how do we get there and how long is it going to take to get there? Or maybe it's the stress of do we host this Christmas, which then involves all of the cleaning and the, the repainting of the house and the addition that you have to put on for the family that, that's coming over. And then there's always the food. What do we cook? Do I dare try to make grandma's recipe, right? Like, do I, do I try that? And, and does everything have to be gluten-free? Like, and I don't even understand the gluten thing, right? I still have never seen it before. I don't know what, I'm not even sure it's a real thing, which then leads to drinking. Is drinking a part of Christmas? Yes, because of all of the other stresses in our lives, right? It just, it feels like it's a natural thing. And then finally, there's family. And you begin to go through the list of who, who do we invite? It's almost like a, like a fantasy draft. In the first round with the first pick, I choose grandma, right? Like she's coming to Christmas this year. So many issues, so many stresses. That's why I think Christmas is one of the hardest and one of the most difficult times in the year for so many of us. And we know that, that for many of us, it is the most wonderful time of year. But there are so many stresses, so many issues, so many things. We're so busy that we begin to ask questions like, how am I going to fit it all in? We're so overextended with things that we begin to ask questions like, how am I gonna pay for all of this? We're reminded of the, some of the deepest hurts that we have in our lives. And we ask the question, how am I gonna get through? See, Christmas, statistics tell us that there's a higher rate of depression and anxiety during this season than any other time of the year. In February, divorce rates are higher than any other time of the year, and much of it relates back to the the overspending and the debt, the financial stress that comes during the Christmas season. In fact, many of us, winter itself makes us sad, and that's an actual thing. It's called seasonal affective disorder, right? The, The season, the days are shorter, there's less light, we're overstimulated with all kinds of other lights and things that happen in our lives, and we literally run out of energy, and we become more and more sad in our lives. Tensions in our marriages, in our relationships, in our country, in the world, broken relationships. Some of us are dealing with a loss this season that we've never had to deal with before in our lives. For some of us, the painful memories, they just come rushing back, going back home, or seeing that family member that we haven't seen since this time last year. See, but that's not what God intended. 
When he gave us the greatest gift that we could ever imagine 2,000 years ago, this was not what God intended for Christmas to be like. And so what if, what if there were gifts that were available to us today that would help us take the, the stresses and the hurts and the issues and the, the, the distractions and help them to be removed so that we could really focus on, so we could celebrate the real reason of Christmas. If you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter one. And that's where we're gonna hang out today. If you uh, didn't bring a Bible with you, that's okay. Uh, we're gonna put the, the passages up on the side screen. You can download the app as well and, and follow along uh, with us. Uh, in this passage, we're gonna talk about the Christmas story and Matthew is gonna give us a, a glimpse into Jesus' birth. And we're gonna see that, that through God's actions and through the things that happen in this story, right, there were so many things that, that were beyond comprehension of the people during that time. So many misunderstandings, so many questions that were asked, so many judgments that were made. Mary and Joseph both willingly followed God's guidance. We're gonna see that in just a minute. See, they were willing to do whatever it is that God asked them to do. Did they ask questions? Did they question God at times? Sure they did. See, that's not a sin because the key is that they did what it is that God asked them to do. And what we're gonna see is this is gonna unlock a, a series of gifts that are available to us when we're obedient to God the way that Mary and Joseph were. Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18, says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now let's just pause there for a minute, right? Because here's where we are. We've got Mary and Joseph, and, and they're engaged to each other. They're not married yet when Mary discovers that she is pregnant. Uh-oh, right? Like, we, we've got a problem here because she hasn't been with, with Joseph yet. And so you know that the woman of Jerusalem Facebook page is, is blowing up over this, right? Like, is that, a, is that a baby bump on Mary? Like, what's happening there? I heard Joseph's the dad. I heard Joseph isn't the dad, right? And you know that stuff is going around in the season. Mary is pregnant. But Matthew, is, it's interesting when he writes this, he doesn't name Joseph to be the father. Now, I don't want to assume that we're all familiar with this story, but I also know that there's a lot of us in here today that, that we've been around church for a long time. And so we hear this story every single year. And it's real easy for us to, to kind of lose the power and lose the sense of awe that is found in the Christmas story. And so I wanna challenge you to try and listen to it uh, from a new perspective and to ask God to, to, to show you the, the craziness and the, and the power that's found in this story at Christmas. I think it helps when we understand some of the traditions of the ancient Jewish marriage. See, here's the first thing that would happen is two families, they would come together and they would agree on a union and then they would negotiate the betrothal, right? And so, so it's not just like a Hallmark movie where they saw each other from across the room, right? And they, and they fell in love. There was an agreement, there was an arrangement, there was some negotiations that happened, right? And so that's kind of how it went down. But what would come next would be a public announcement. And so really what they were doing is they're announcing their engagement. Now there's a couple of things that are, are important to understand with this. They're, they're not officially married, but this commitment to each other, this engagement to each other, it is very, very serious. In fact, this relationship could only be broken in one of two ways, either through divorce or through death, even though they're not married yet. Sexual relations, not permitted, and this engagement would last for one year. Now, during this time period, the, the husband and the wife, they would live separately from each other, and so they would be in their homes with their parents because they wanted to demonstrate their purity for each other. And so Mary and Joseph, right, this is where they are. They're pledged to be married with each other. They've not had sexual relationships with each other yet, but Mary, in fact, the Bible says that she's still a virgin, but all of a sudden she becomes pregnant. And Joseph knew that this was not his child. 
He's not the baby daddy, right? <laughs> so, so all of a sudden, there, this apparent unfaithfulness of Mary is, is creating this, this severe social stigma. But even more than that is that they were actually violating Jewish law. Now, Joseph, as a result of this, he has the right to, to divorce Mary. In fact, the law also went on to say that, that there could be a penalty for Mary that included death by stoning. Now, this was rarely carried out. But this is how serious this commitment, this engagement was. And so Matthew gives us this incredible detail that I think is so important for us to understand. He says this, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. See, what Matthew is doing is he's removing any sense of doubt toward Mary's purity. And in fact, if you go back and read Luke 1 and Luke 2, you're going to see the rest of the story more so from Mary's perspective. That God initiated this. And God is involving himself in the lives of Mary and Joseph. Look at verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, Joseph, it's so important to him to obey God's laws. And so to marry, Mary would be an admission of guilt. And he hadn't done anything wrong. But to publicly divorce her, it would have disgraced Mary. I mean, her life would have been, for all intents and purposes, it would have been over, and so would the life of that child. And so we see Joseph's compassion that comes out in, in this decision that he's making. And so there's really, there's one other option, and that's to have a private divorce, right? It's to quietly end the relationship with Mary and, and hope, hope that people would just kind of let her go on and live her life. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so while Joseph is, is choosing, right, what, what course of action he should take, God intervenes in this. And so we know the conception of Jesus. This was a, a supernatural event. And so as a result, God sends angels in to have conversations with people, to help them to understand the, the significance of what it is that's happening in this moment. And angels have these uh, the appearances with Mary and with Joseph and with the shepherds and with the wise men. And in this case, there's an angel that appears to Joseph in a dream. And the angel called Joseph the son of David. Now, this is very important for a couple reasons. One is that it shows that, that Joseph is going to play a special role in, in a very significant event in the history of the world. But the second is it also shows that Joseph is in the royal line of King David, which means that Jesus was also going to be a king, fulfilling the promises that were made about Jesus all through the Old Testament. And so this story of Jesus' birth, right, there's so much to it and it's so powerful. We see in this that Joseph is, he's not afraid to take Mary as his wife, no matter what the repercussions are going to be socially. And we see for Mary, she puts her trust completely in God, even though none of this made sense. She's not concerned with what other people are going to say or what other people are going to think. See, God himself has caused this pregnancy. The child going to be conceived by Mary as God's son. And the angel says that you are to name him Jesus. And, and that's a, a derivative of the name Joshua, which means the Lord saves because he would come and he would save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
And so when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so when Joseph wakes up, right, he does, does exactly what the angel had commanded him to do. This decision for Joseph, it, it's no longer a difficult decision. He simply did what it was that God had asked him to do. He takes Mary home and he marries her and, and becomes uh, his wife. He, he breaks and, and isn't concerned with the social stigma. He, he breaks the one-year uh, commitment time of, of being engaged. He's not worried about the judgments of others. He's not worried about the gossip of other people. Joseph simply did everything that God had told him to do. And so they named the baby Jesus. But I love that it also says that he would also be known as, as Emmanuel, as God with us. And what does that mean? What does that mean that God is, is with us? So I wanna take a look at what Paul said about Jesus coming to earth and the gifts that are associated with that. In, in Romans 15, verse 12, it says this. And again, Isaiah, this is Paul quoting Isaiah from Isaiah 11. He said, the root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul, he takes this quote from Isaiah chapter 11, right? This, this prophet who has predicted that Jesus was coming and that Jesus was going to be the hope of the world. And the point of this isn't Jesus' name and the confusion there. Jesus' name meant the Lord saves. But Emmanuel, what people would call Jesus, it was actually what Jesus' role was going to be. It was to bring God's presence to his people. Jesus Christ, who was himself God, brought God to earth in the form of a human, living and eating and, and teaching, healing, even dying like us. See, what we celebrate at Christmas, Christmas, it's a celebration of the birth of Jesus, but but there's so much more to it than that because really it's a setup for the main purpose of why Jesus came to earth. And that was to give his life freely on a cross so that he could forgive us of our sins, so that we could be reunited in our relationship with God. See, this is the, this is the ultimate Christmas gift that was received through Jesus. His life for ours, his forgiveness for my sin and brokenness. And just like any other gift that you're gonna receive this Christmas, it's free for you, but it costs someone else a lot. So you simply need to receive it. We need to open it, and we need to use it in our lives. See, so when you receive the gift of Jesus, everything, everything in your life changes. Nothing is the same anymore. And the really cool part is that there's all kinds of other gifts that come along with it. Look at this again, verse 13 of Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark, right? Like, like this, is, this is an incredible thing. It's, it's Jesus not only forgives us and saves us, but there's all kinds of, of other things. And in fact, I wanna look at these three things that are available to us when we put our trust in Jesus, all because Jesus came to be with us, to be Emmanuel. Here's the first thing we discover is that we get peace for our past. See, how often do you play the, the if-only game? 
If only I could do it over again, right? I, I sure wouldn't do it the way that I did it last time. I would definitely make a, a different decision in my life. If only I had, had listened sooner, if I had just listened, I would have saved myself so much pain, right? That, that addiction would have been so much easier to get over. If only I could erase the past, if I could erase that memory, if I could make that relationship disappear like it never happened, if only I could forgive. Forgive what that person did to me. Forgive myself for what I did to someone else. See, the thing to remember is that, that no one is perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have regrets. We've all made bad choices in our lives. We've all said foolish things. We've all wasted time. We've done things that have hurt ourselves and, and have hurt others. And so how do you release those regrets in our lives? See, in my experience as a pastor, there's several different ways that we tend to try. The problem is, is, that, is that most of them don't work. You try to bury your past. Some of us, we try it, right? We, we, we try to just to suppress those things, just to, to push it down in our lives. The problem is, is that it never helps you get past your regrets. You can try and minimalize something and say, well, it really wasn't that big of a deal, right? So I, I probably don't need to carry that guilt anymore. Or you can try and rationalize it. Well, I wasn't the only one. I know it was wrong, but everyone else was doing it too. But you can try and compromise. Say, I know that used to be my standard, but if I just lower my standards, if I lower my values, then, then I don't have to worry about this anymore. The problem is, is that your regrets are, they're still there. If they're unresolved in your life, they just keep coming back to haunt you over and over and over again. Sometimes we try to blame others. Right? This goes all the way back to the very beginning. You, this tactic is as old as Adam and Eve. When Adam sinned, right, he, he took it like a man. And he blamed his wife. That's, that's what he did, right? He was like, he was like it was her fault, God. Like, I, I don't know. She made me do it. Right? And we use blame to try and balance out guilt in our lives. I'll feel better about myself if I project it onto someone else. Sometimes we just try to beat ourselves up. Right? We try to pay for our guilt unconsciously. Maybe it's through an illness. Yeah, I deserve this illness. I deserve to be sick because of what I did in my past. Maybe it's, it's the depression that sets in because I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve joy in my life. We set ourselves up for failure. I don't deserve to be successful. This is never gonna go right in my life because of that choice that I made way back there. And maybe there's other forms of self-punishment. See, the problem with this is that when we keep beating ourselves up over this, your conscience, it never knows when to stop. And so eventually we begin to spend the rest of our lives living in this place of self-condemnation. It's never gonna be different for me. I'm never gonna be better. And it's really, I don't deserve it because of those things that I did. So what does God want you to do with your past instead? Right? How do we handle this stuff in our lives? Well, we accept God's peace. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. See, it starts by admitting our guilt. We just own it. Right? And, and we don't make excuses for it anymore. And then we accept God's forgiveness in its place. See, peace with God and the peace of God, it doesn't come from something we do. It's not something that you can earn in your life. Peace with God comes from what Jesus did for us. And he's waiting to say, you know what? I can make it all disappear. You don't have to carry around that stuff from your past any longer if you just accept my peace. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, don't worry about anything. 
but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Do you notice that? Then you'll experience God's peace. When, when will I experience God's peace? When I tell him everything that I need and I thank him for what he has already done. Not when I try to do things my way or on my own or earn something from God. It's when I recognize and thank him for everything he has already done for me. Then I'm going to experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. See, this peace of God, it affects everything in our lives. In fact, there's over 790 verses in the Bible that talk about the peace of God. And so God's peace, just like Mary and Joseph experienced, it exceeds anything that we can understand. It doesn't make sense in our minds how that we, we can experience that and how it trumps and how it overrides all of those things from our lives, from our past. You may have a broken heart, but God's peace is greater than that. You may be living with shame from a past mistake. God's peace is, is, is greater than that. And maybe your past has left you confused about what to do next. God's peace is available to you. Maybe it's because your choices have left you in debt financially or relationally or emotionally. See, God's peace is greater than those things. If your past has damaged or ruined your reputation and maybe now your identity is confused as, as a result, right, right, God says that my peace is greater than all of those things. God with us can fill us with peace for all of those things in our past when we place our trust in him. See, your past, it's already past. We can't change it. So don't keep recalling your past. Just simply receive God's peace. Here's the second thing. We experience joy from my present. See, I think there's a lot of people that, that we're afraid to put our trust in Jesus, right? We're, we're afraid to trust him with our lives because, because we're just not sure what exactly is gonna be on the other side of that, that, that we're gonna lose a, a sense of our freedom, that, that, that God's gonna cramp our style a little bit. I'm not gonna be able to, to talk the way that I used to talk, and I'm definitely not gonna be able to hang out with that guy anymore, right? Because he, he's terrible, right? Like those things in our lives. Are, or maybe it's just we think we're gonna have all these new rules and, and restrictions. And so for a lot of us, we're just not sure. See, instead of making your life more religious, what God does is he actually makes you more alive. He, he does the exact opposite when you receive the gift of Jesus. He makes you more, more fully human than you're able to experience on your own. And you get a chance to experience the life that God intended and created you to live from the very beginning. See, you may be living a really good life right now, but there's a better life that's only available when you receive the gift of Jesus. See, God doesn't just love you. He finds joy in you. And that may be hard to understand and, and to grasp hold of. The only way I can describe it is, is thinking of it in the context of my son, Ty. He doesn't have to do anything special for me to love him. No matter what Ty does, I'm going to love him. And I find joy in everything that he does. Well, almost everything, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's always a few things here. But no, but that's the point. Even in those things, right? Even when he makes mistakes, even when he messes up, even when he doesn't meet my expectations for things, I can still find joy in him, in his character, in our relationship, because I am his father and he is my my son. See, it's not about what he does. It's about the relationship that we share together. God is your heavenly father. He made you and, and he loves you and he finds joy in you. No matter what you've done in your past, no matter how far away from him you may feel, he wants you to understand there is a better life available. He wants you to have the joy that he offers. Look at verse 13 again. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Not a little bit of joy, 
not circumstantial joy, not joy when things are going well in your life, but it's every day we can be filled with joy in whatever circumstance we face. And this is the incredible part, is that God gives us enough joy for today. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. Is there enough? Do I have to save some of this? For no, don't worry about tomorrow. God's gonna take care of tomorrow tomorrow. What he does is he gives you enough joy to deal with whatever it is you face today, even the bad stuff. Look at James 1, verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, just to be clear, it's not joy for the trial. It's not joy for the trouble in our lives. But in that trial, in the trouble that we face, we can be filled with God's joy. We may not be able to understand the specific reasons of why God is allowing it. We may feel like we are worn down and being crushed underneath it. We might not like what it is that's happening in our lives, but we can be confident that God has a plan and it is for our good. And he is always going to take things and turn them around that way. See, we may look at something and it may look hopeless and impossible to us, but from God's perspective, no, he, he sees what he can do in that. Which is why this passage is also true, Nehemiah 8, 10. This is, this is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who doesn't need that in our lives? Who doesn't want that today? See, whatever I face on my journey, I can accept God's joy. And here's the last one is that he provides hope for my future. No matter what it is that you're dealing with, no matter what it is that you're anticipating and coming, no matter what these next few weeks may look like or the next few years, no matter what that relationship with your son or, or daughter or with your, your parents or with that coworker, no matter what it is that we may be facing, no matter how discouraging our world may seem right now, this Christmas season, there is always hope. Jeremiah 31, 17 says, there is hope for your future, says the Lord. See, as followers of Jesus, our hope is beyond just this life. It stretches all the way into eternity, into a perfect relationship with God where there's no more sadness and no more brokenness and no more pain in our lives because we can live confidently that our future is, is secure. No matter what happens to us here on earth, we get to spend eternity with God in a place more amazing than anything we could ever contemplate or understand. But here's the really cool part with this. We don't have to wait for that. We don't have to wait until we die. We don't have to wait until heaven. We get to experience that life now, even in the brokenness that's all around us. Again, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How would a life overflowing with hope sound this Christmas? See, it's not just a pipe dream. We get to live in the light of eternity, which means that every trouble, every uncertainty, every worry, every what if, they don't need to be a part of our lives anymore. We get to experience peace for our past, joy in our present, and hope for our future. See, Jesus' presence is the greatest present that we will ever receive in our lives. So what does this look like? How do we respond? Jay Reynolds, our middle school pastor, a couple weeks ago, he gave this illustration uh, to our middle school students, and I thought, man, this is so powerful. It's so, it shows so clearly what this should look like in our lives. So the first thing we have to do is we have to open God's gift to us, or the gift that he gives to us. And for some of us today, maybe for the very first time, you're sitting in a place and, and God's just tugging at your heart, and you're recognizing for the first time that God loves you so much that he gave you the gift of his son, Jesus. And maybe you're at that place today where you know you need to receive that. See, you want the peace and you want the joy and you want the hope, but you can't do it on your own. 
It comes simply from receiving the gift of Jesus. And here's the really cool part. It's not something you do. It's not a class you have to go to or a magical prayer that you have to pray. It's simply believing in who Jesus is and what he's done for you. And so maybe just where you are in the quiet of your heart, right? you just say something like, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe that you are God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I need you to be my savior. And I choose to trust you with my life. See, if you just even believe that, your life is changed for eternity. It is the greatest gift you will ever receive in your life. But that's where it has to start if we're gonna experience this peace and this joy and this hope in our lives. See, for the rest of us, when we have that, then we get to understand the rest. See, the, the stresses and the hurts and the issues and the, and the things in our lives, if we could remove them ourselves, we would have done it a long time ago. And the reality is, is that you may be able to reach in and you may be able to take out some of these things, right? You may be able to handle a few of them on your own and, and maybe you can remove them and you can make your life a, a little less hectic, a, a little less stressful than it is. But the reality is, is that you can't reach down to the bottom and you can't get those things out of your life that are rooted deep in your life anymore. And they're just down there and they're stuck and it's impossible for us. And then what happens is in the season is it's just magnified and the things just keep seeming to add on and on and on in our lives. But here's what this verse promises us, that we can find hope, we can find peace, we can find joy, that we, that God wants to fill our lives with those things till we get to the place of overflowing. See, when we take the peace of God for our past, when we begin to spend time in his word, when we begin to spend time in prayer and listening and believing his promises in our lives, when we begin to apply those things in our lives, then, then God begins to give us his peace. And you know what? It might not feel like much is happening at first, but we can rely on that peace to be patient. When God fills us up with all of him, we start to recognize that there's no room for those other things. And then we begin to add joy for today. That no matter what my circumstances, whatever my trials Whatever the things are that I'm facing, that I can face it with joy. And as that joy fills my life, I can have confidence to face all of those things. And the issues continue to be pushed aside. And for some of us, we may look at that and say, well, that's good enough. And maybe it is, but, but there's actually more. Because when we recognize that we have hope for our future, and when we trust God with that, and when we look at things in the light of eternity, God continues to fill us with his presence and he continues to push those issues and those hurts and those struggles out of our lives. So here's the deal. It doesn't make us perfect, right? There's things are still there. They're still hanging around on the outside, but there's a difference now that our lives have been filled with God's presence. And when these things come into our lives and they try to push their way back down again, there's no room for them. And they may keep trying to push down, but there's no room for them to fill our lives because God has filled our lives and he's overflowing. When we recognize that God is with us and we get peace for our past, we get joy in our present and we get hope for our future. And whatever it is that we face in our lives, God's presence fills us and overflows in a way that impacts the lives of others as well. So here's how I want us to close. It's a, a reminder and not only do we get to experience this in a relationship with Jesus, but there are people in our lives, there are people that we love, people that we care about, and we got this invitation when we come in. Over these next few weeks, we're gonna have a chance to invite people to come and to hear about the hope that is found in a relationship with Jesus, to hear about peace, to hear about joy, the gift of Jesus this Christmas. So you may have people in your life saying, I don't understand, how do you have peace when, when all of those things happened to you in your past? Well, it's because of Jesus, and I want you to hear about 
his peace as well. How do you have joy in those circumstances when it seems like everything in your life is falling apart right now? Well, that joy is not my joy. That, that joy comes from Jesus, and I want you to hear about that as well. How do you have hope for the future? Things seem so out of control. Relationships are, are broken. This world is falling apart. It, yeah, it may seem like that, but there's hope in Jesus, and I want you to have the same hope that I have. Will you come with me this Christmas? See, we have the chance to offer the gift of Jesus to the people around us that we love. Peace for our past, joy in our present, hope for our future. Because God, Emmanuel, is here with us. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, I just thank you. God, all of us have stuff in our lives. We all have hurts and issues and struggles and baggage. And then it's just in this season, it just seems like all of it is just magnified and blows up. And for many of us, we just feel like maybe already, we, it hasn't even started yet, and it feels like we're, we're already at a place where we just want to quit. God, we thank you. Will you give us and remind us of the perspective today that you loved us so much that you gave us your very best. You gave us your son, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you that the gift of you being with us isn't something that just happened 2,000 years ago, but it's something that impacts and, and changes our lives today. Will you help us to accept your peace for our past? the peace that passes understanding when we put our trust in you. Will you fill us with your joy today? Not circumstantial happiness, but God, things that, that allows us to face all the trials, all the circumstances confidently in who you are. And God, will you give us hope for our future, that we know that our future is secure with you. And God, will you help us to celebrate this Christmas, the real reason of Christmas. Fill us with your presence so those other things moved aside in our lives. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for your incredible love for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. We are so excited to be a small part of all the great things that God is doing in and through your life. If you would like to take the next step in your spiritual journey, download the Hope app to find ways to connect, opportunities to serve, and other resources. And if you'd like to contribute financially to our vision of reaching the triangle and changing the world, visit us at gethope.net slash giving. Thank you for your commitment to resourcing hope as we love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus.